And welcome to the Canon Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio, Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions training camp football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. Great to have you back so we can get our podcast rolling. Got to get it rolling. I know we've been in a little uh, off time, but not football, football, football. Well, Michael Hare, training camp is off. I think there's through six days now. What day is it, six or seven? This is the sixth day, yeah, absolutely. Six days of training camp. Uh, we're going to get the reactions from that. We're going to talk about what's upcoming. We're going to talk about hard knocks. But first, before I, there's a couple of non-line issues I just want to get out immediately. Issue number one, well, it's really number one, but it'll be number two today. I'm, I want to get this one out first. That the league has taken away the Dolphins' first-round draft pick of next year and find the owner who our own Michigan great, uh, Michigan alumni. Okay, we got to start again because I'm, I'm, I don't have a story. Do you have a story, Mike? I don't have it with me, no. But I'm you know what they the did, right? Not right now. Huh? No, I, I, this is the first I've heard of it. They took the Dolphins' first-round pick away for tampering with Tom Brady and um, – and, um, well, good for them. And, they um, did it, then, then, then penalize them. And the, what's the coach's name from the Saints? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I know. Oh, shit. If you hadn't asked me, I'd know it. <laughs> uh, Peyton. John, it's not John Peyton. No, Sean Peyton. Sean Peyton. Sean Peyton. Yeah, for yeah, tampering with both of them. And I'll just leave it shortly like that, and then we'll just do it like that. Okay, I'm going to start again. Here we go. What is the other, now what's the other one you're going to talk about? Deshaun Watson. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. All right, three, two, one. And we're here on the Cannon Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio. Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. Good to have you back. We can get our podcast rolling again, and I will bet you after this week or 10 days or whatever it is, being away, I bet you got some things you want to get off your chest. Yeah, and you know, it's been nothing going on before camp started. Football wise, it was a down month, not a lot of action. And all of a sudden, action just starts piling up, and we'll get to the Lions in a minute. Everybody will get excited. We'll talk about how great the Lions look or how bad they look, blah, 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 blah. But I want to get a couple of issues out the way first, a couple of NFL issues that have happened within the last day or two, and get your reactions to them. The first one is the second biggest one, but it's the newest one that just came out. Today, if it's Tuesday, you guys are hearing this. And that is that the Miami Dolphins have forfeited a first-round pick. Owner Stephen Ross found in violation tampering and trying to get Tom Brady to be like an older coach or a general manager coach, and he tampered with him by calling him and getting in touch with him, trying to solicit Sean Payton, the Saints' old coach, to come through over there and make it a joint package. Got caught doing it which is kind of amazing today because owners, I mean, there's so many ways you can get around doing stuff legally, illegally and legally. I don't know how he got caught, but he got caught doing it. So they're going to forfeit their first round draft pick. I'm going to tell you what the implications are of that in a minute. But it also in the statement the NFL put out is that they did not with Ryan Flores try to lose games, which I think the NFL is covering their own butt because if he did this other stuff, why would I not believe the Brian Flores part of the story that they told him to lose games? So I'm just letting you know that's number one. Get your reaction to somebody giving up a first-round draft choice or losing a first-round draft choice over some miscellaneous activity. Well, if you're tampering with other teams' teams' players and other teams' coaches, then you you deserve to get taken down. Everybody knows the rules. They're, they're clear. It's just it's, how many times have you heard a coach when they're talking about signing a player and said they can't talk about players who aren't on our roster, things like that. The owner ought to know the rules. If anybody knows the rules on a team, 
they ought to start at the top with the owner. So, no, I have absolutely no sympathy for them at all. I don't like the way they operate, period, but that's got nothing to do with whether I like or don't like or agree or disagree with, with, the, with the penalty they got, that they got what they deserved. Yes, they did. Um, I, I think he should have been fined more than that. I think an owner doing it is worse than a GM or well, a coach it, doing it. I'm new to this now. Is there a monetary? Is there is there a fine in this too? Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's a big a fine. Yeah, it's a fine too. Dripping up a first round pick and other issues. I'm just the first round pick is like the biggest to me, a part of the, oh, right. of the of, yeah. right because yeah. the financial part of it. Next time you'll only give four hundred ninety. Right. I mean, or the, or five hundred thousand. Right, or five hundred thousand yeah. to him if that's what it was is just like you know pocket money. So money to an owner to me means nothing. The other things you, you well, do, it, it could mean something. But it could mean something in this way. I don't think they did it this way. But if they took, if they find him, let's say a million dollars, then took it off your salary cap. That's one million dollars less that you can spend on players. Then there'd be some, you know, some impact on your on your on your roster building. Right. I'm not uh, sure. I, I, like I said, I'm, uh, this is just just came across. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't had a chance to digest it all. But if, if, if it was something that, that hurt them, their ability to build their roster, that would be even bigger. Right. Well, in this context, I think Detroit Lions-wise, which is good, is that even if the Rams win the Super Bowl this year, you'll have the 31st pick. Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in the Lions, since they moved up a draft spot by doing nothing, so, hold but, on a second. I'm outside right now. Hey, Brad. Brad, have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> I have. I'm literally in the parking lot right now, right. sitting on a folding chair. So, uh, Stephen Ross was fined 1.5 million and was suspended through October 17th. The, vo- the Dolphins <laughs> vice president, the Dolphins vice chairman, was fined 500 thousand and isn't att- permitted to attend any league meetings for the rest of 2022. Okay, I'm sure. I'm right, sure. so so like I said, 1.5 to Stephen Ross is like, you know, nothing. Yeah, but you know what it is, though, really? It's the embarrassment with the other owners. And I don't know if he's the best-liked owner in the league to begin with, some of the stuff that they've done. But uh, let's let's move on. Got okay. nothing in this Issue number two. Deshaun Watson, the ruling came in by the arbitrator or the judge or whatever you want to call it, the, the new law of the league. And it came down to a six-game suspension. Um, I'm gonna, I don't even want to get into the minutiae, but just it was six games enough. Do you think the NFL should um, appeal this? And if NFL appeals it, it goes back to the commissioner, which means you are back the way the system used to be, where the commissioner decides. And then there'll be a you know some litigation after that or whatever. Should the league just say we'll just take it and move on, or should they try to get more games for Deshaun Watson because it's universally paying that he only got six games? Well, I agree. I I, I think six is too light. I, I don't think I, I wouldn't have been. I, I don't think it would have been wrong, and I wouldn't have been upset if it was the full season. But I think something stronger. I thought it would be at least eight and probably ten games that he would get. I didn't think he would get the season, but not that I'm basing it on anything. It's not like there's any inside information on this because it's it's one person, uh, Sue Ellen Robinson. We don't really know. There's no history on her and what she was going to do in this regard because it's it's the first time. But I, I the six games, it's almost like <laughs> too bad it never happened, and and I just don't think it's right. The issue of the league going back and, and you've already touched on this, the league. Uh, appealing it 
then you open up the door to the league getting back in, in that same role it was in forever, and that, that was, I think, damaging to the league. I, I don't think the league takes a hit on this one. If you don't like it, I think the arbitrator takes a hit on it. Well, she said that the, the National Football League had found him guilty of this and then gives him six games. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. It mm. does not. Well, this is what I would do. In this one case, the NFL should appeal it, even though the outcome is not going to be too much different in doubt, but to make themselves look like they did everything they can do. And this is what I would do. I would appeal it. I mean, I would appeal it and tell Deshaun's camp, I'm going to put four more games on it, and then we'll have to fight it out. Or I'll appeal it with the two games. You don't fight it. And for a total of eight, and let's, let's move on. Well, I don't know if that's legal, Kenny. Uh, but this is, I'm, I'm just saying what okay. I would do. I don't, I don't want to end up like Stephen Ross, trust me. I don't want to end up with a million dollar fine out of my pocket, but that's what I would do. I would say, if we put two more games on, you don't fight it. We deal with eight, we move on. But then what you're doing then is you're putting the National Football League and the commissioner back. You're, you're risking putting them back in the old in the old, old role of being the judge, the jury, and all right. of that. Right, but in this right, but in this case, right, I agree with you. But in this case, I think you have to. Any time you open up the door, open up the window, then it's going to be open again forever. Yeah, but let's let's, Mike, let's not play dumb with it though. They have the power to do it, so it's not like they're doing something they don't have the power to do in any case. So just because you're opening the door now doesn't mean you're not going to open it in the future. They they have the power to do it, so. Sure enough, the commissioner's not giving out punishment, but he still, if he has the you know the appeal rule on him. He has the ultimate uh, punishment again if he wants it. So why not use it on a case like this? Any other discipline case or whatever, whereas, you know, let them go through it. But this case, because it's such a worldwide attention case, you got to make, you got to be firm on this one. I, I just think letting her go with the six games is not enough, and you should try as much as you can to add some more games on it. I'm not one well, of those full-season people. I think they were firm to begin with when they found him. They found him guilty of these twenty-four violations or twenty-five. No, or I agree. No, I agree. But they've, you, already, they've, they've done their job. They've really done right, their job. But, you, but the, to protect the shield, which is commissioner's always what he says, and right. I'm telling you right now, the women's groups and these guy groups and everybody else's group, they're not going to let this thing go with him just getting six games. And well, if you got to put in a statement that he can only see a regular masseuse the team gives him, that means you're pretty much admitting he's a he's a freak. Well, yeah, but then, yeah, if you read what what she, what she said, and I didn't look at all of it, then you read everything in detail. But the stuff that matters, that she she's guilty. That's what she said. Yeah, and she's so that 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 part of it, uh, it's it's here's the the other part of it. has got it really, I think just gore everybody he escapes with six he misses six games he's got it he had his 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 contract rigged <laughs> had it backloaded all the money so he loses almost nothing on a 230 million dollar contract he loses something like 350 dollars are you kidding yeah. no Wes, you're are right. you kidding you're right so right. what, he's, what they've done is what they've done is. Here's the other thing. Too. All right, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, we spent too much time on Deshaun Watson. No, let's, no, let's, I just want to get, get this quick time. land. Can we spent. I'm I'm bored already with him. You know, I'm I'm sick of him. I'm tired of hearing about him, and I'm glad he plays in Cleveland. And the Cleveland Browns, all the fallout that they're going to get. 
they brought this on themselves and they bought this on themselves. Yes, they did. No, no mercy. And we'll see if they Let's win more on. games. Thank you. All right, Detroit Lions. Let's talk about Lions training camp. You're out there every day. You've seen it. Um, you get bits and pieces because everybody's got a show now or whatever, and everybody's got you know got a website or whatever. But I want to hear from Michael Harris, who has seen it all over his time. <laughs> what is going on out there? What is this team looking like? And uh, tell us about the hard knocks people. Are they getting in the way out there? Has Detroit gone Hollywood in this camp? Or are they getting to work? Well, they're getting to work. The the the, the hard knocks people are they wear these like light blue sweaters, light blue jerseys, whatever they are, light blue T-shirts. And I don't find them, you know, what just from our standpoint, I don't find them intrusive or anything. If you didn't know where they were there, you probably wouldn't know they were there. And they've been around just for what, a couple of weeks now, I guess, or at least for, for those of us out here covering the, the training camp, they've been you know noticeable to us for now going on a second week. So I don't think they've been intrusive. I don't think they've been anything but people doing their job. And so I don't, I think they have absolutely no impact on what's going on that I can tell. Now, maybe inside the meeting rooms, inside, you know, things like that, maybe they've got a different, a different opinion of it. But, but like I said, it's just people, to me, they're just people at work now. How many cameras are we talking about more than usual out there? Oh, it's hard to say, but it, there seem to be six at all times. Six. I was thinking about that the other day, but I know there are more than that. Uh-huh. I really do. I wouldn't be surprised if it was twelve. I mean, really, literally, nothing would surprise me. But, but, but there's been no impact at all on on the on the on, on the training camp itself. It's not like they're saying, "Hey, could you run that drill over again?" There's none of that. You don't see guys playing for the camera out there, do you? Not any more than they ever did. You know, for example, I agree. Good, good, and this is this might. I don't know if this answers your question, but. But uh, Jamar Jefferson, you know, the second-year running back from what was Oregon State last year, did some nice things as a rookie before he got hurt. But he made a really a neat play running down the sideline. He kind of walked the tightrope all about 60 yards, stayed in bounds, duck, t- t- duck tackles and all of that, finally get to the end zone. But he kept on going until he got to the back of the end zone, and he slapped hands with some of the fans that were there. But is that play into the crowd or anything like that, or is that just play into the fans because they're there, they're supporting you, and you're having some fun with them. I thought it was a pretty cool thing. And one other thing about the fans now, they've been out here uh, three, four days now. Three days, is it? Four days? And it's good to have them. You know, it's a little different vibe when they're out here. It really is. Okay. Well, some of the things that came up during the last time we talked to now, um, start of camp, your second-year class – to me, like I said, the biggest difference, the biggest jump in playing is first or second year. So your second year class is probably the ones that are showing out the most now. But this, Mike, you got a class that you just drafted where two of the players are injured and not playing, and another the tight end is coming off an ACL and they're bringing them along slow. So three of your top players of the top five rounds are not even on the field now playing because Josh well, Pascoe had surgery. You Jameson Williams, who's on the PUP or an NFI, whatever list they want to use, and you got the tight end um, Mitchell. Yeah, Steve Wise Mitchell's been working. He's he's he's. But they bring him along to, slow, though, right? Well, okay. They bring along rookies slow anyway. He's within a year so, of having an ACL too. Well, I'm just saying. So, what are your observations from what's going on? For who are the the players that are taking the lead out there? Well, I'll tell you, there was one today, not just today, but uh, 
Malcolm Rodriguez, sixth-round draft pick from Oklahoma State, uh, has really showed out. In fact, uh, they moved him up. That's not going to sound like a lot, and this is one of the things I'm writing about, one column I'm writing about for tomorrow's uh, DetroitLions.com website. Uh, yesterday, they put him out with the number one unit just for one snap. Just and They didn't tell him in advance he was going to go. They just sent him out there, and and he held his own. He really did. Now, he's He's got one thing against him, and it's size. He's listed at 5'11", 230 pounds. He might be more like 5'9 and a half at 230 pounds, but he was a tremendously productive football player at Oklahoma State. He's got hands. He's got ability. He's got he's got some natural instincts uh, that are just apparent when you watch him play. And also, he's got a mentor in Chris Spielman, so he's got something going for him. I think down there that they might have really they might have found a player there. Now look, Kenny, he's always going to be the size he is. If he bulks up. What's he going to get to? You know, 235, 240? Right. He's never going to be – he's not going to be Dick Butkus. Not that anybody else ever has been. But he's he has showed out. And so have some of the others. Uh, but really, the, the the guys from last year, like Penny Sewell, he – he, honestly, God, he looks – he looked good last year. He looks great this year. Just the way he's built. He's tighter. When I say tight, he's, you know, he's just none of that baby fat. He's just – he looks – good he he was eating people alive yesterday in the in the in, in their drills he really was especially in the 11 on 11 he's he's really a force well i hear that and i like i said i since you're contrary on linebackers now we're talking um one name i haven't heard one time and i'm kind of worried about this i bet you i can guess but go ahead I've heard, you know, linebacker is one of the areas that was weak last year and people are really okay. concerned with. I haven't heard Jared Davis's name at all. Well, he was talking is that about, who you today, were thinking about coincidentally. Absolutely, yeah. I said the same thing. I was talking, I think, Tim or somebody else and said, it's, I wonder if his heart is in it. You know, in other words, it might have been one of those deals where, he, you know, he was without a team. You know, the Jets didn't bring him back. And one of the personnel people here, and I'm not saying this happened, but it's just a, I'm giving you one of the possibilities. Could have called him and said, "Hey, take a shot with us, okay? You had three years here. You might like it. You might like it. Might like our, what, what we're the way we're redoing the defense. And come on in. And maybe his his heart's not in it, but but uh, from what I understand, he had a good practice yesterday. Perked up a little bit. The perked up is my word, not theirs. And and we'll see where it goes. But you're right. He has not been. He has not been featured by anybody that I know of, uh, but he never really was a guy who sought you know, sought out the media. When he talked, he was good, he was friendly, and all that. But he was never really one that was attracted to the uh, to the bright lights. What do they have him playing? Is he a middle now? Is he an outside middle linebacker? Guy? Middle linebacker. And in the depth chart, he'd probably be what third behind Barnes well, I, and yeah, I think uh, Derek Derek Barnes, number fifty five. I see him with the with the ones a lot. Anzalone, uh, Alex Anzalone with, with the ones a lot. Those two. And then you get the guys around the outside. It's it's there's a lot going on there. Look, they're 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 putting some combinations out there because it's the weakest part of their team. Right. Linebacker situation is something that's that. Look, I would nothing would surprise me that they do. It really wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. And I'm not saying that I've heard this or anything. It wouldn't surprise me if they added to their linebacker room somehow and, and, and you know, 
a trade or a player getting cut or something like that, or a, a veteran, you know, hasn't reported yet, something like that. I don't see anybody on the horizon in that regard, but I, I think it's a, I think it's a position that needs to be upgraded. Right. Well, all the things that you had do come out of camp and you hear about now, especially since the now two days with pads on, are the line play, the offensive and defensive lines. What are you seeing out there? And I, I know the Hutchinson-Sewell matches are, are must-see TV out there and everybody's watching them, but um, what do you think is happening? Well, Sewell got Hutchinson on one yesterday where uh, T.J. Hackinson kind of got a chip block on him and then <laughs> – and Benny Sewell came over and finished the job, and uh, but Hutchinson looks like he looks like a smart kid to me, a smart football player, and look, those things are going to happen. Uh, look, it, this is his first week of pro football. When you really get down to it, pro football in pads, and so he's got he's got you know things to learn. He look, looks pretty good to me, and we'll see as we go along. Um, uh, other things that have stood out from guys coming back or like, I know Aline McNeil is getting a lot of uh, responses from people. How is he looking out yeah. there? I, look, go ahead. Looks good, Kenny. He really does. He looks good. I, th- I think the, the, the defense that they're going to play now, the attack defense, I think that suits him. I'll tell you, a guy they're going to miss though is uh, John Tennessee. They really are. That uh, Dan Campbell, the head coach made mention of him the other day that, uh, that you, you just, you couldn't move him. And they're going to miss him. You know, like he had a decision to make, and was his his to make. Um, he retired from football to take care of a family matter at home, a severe family matter. I understand. No one's ever told us exactly what it is, but uh, this is a guy who liked playing ball. But he made a decision uh, for his family. But it it really is. It's a loss for the Detroit Lions. Look, there there are a lot of guys around that in the National Football League who might play. 15, 18 snaps a week, but those are 15, 18 quality snaps, you know, in, in high leverage situations. And they'll they'll miss him until they get somebody as good or close to as good. All right. Well, we're going to talk about two more things, then we're going to get out of here. First of all, uh, Cephas got hurt to, in the practice on Tuesday. Yeah. How, was it a serious injury, it looks like, or are you just a little look, nick? No, it doesn't look good. You know, you made a terrific catch. Uh, uh, you know, with, with uh, Jeff Okuda in, in coverage, and came down and landed, and it didn't look like anything. It was about it was across the field from where I was, and I had my binocular uh, so I could zoom in on it. But uh, he he was on his back, and kind of his legs sort of spread, and a couple of you know one or two or three you know, and then a fourth teammate came over to help him up, and he kind of waved him off. So that's not a good sign. But 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 I don't I don't know. He's you know this is a guy. Who's had mostly bad luck here in three years? What is now his third year in Detroit? Because he's a National Football League wide receiver. He really is. Now he might be somebody's third, fourth, or fifth receiver, but you know he's been been hurt a lot. Really hasn't had a chance to show what he can do. But he's 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 a he's like I said, he's a pro, and uh, that's a loss if they don't have him. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Okuda, I'm concerned when I'm reading these reports of Jeff Okuda fighting with Will Harris for a starting spot. I thought, you know, just on natural talent alone, if he came back, he would be starting by himself to a job to lose. But is he really in a battle for a job? Well, I think there, 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 there's a competition there, and I think Okuda would win it. But, yeah, they're not handing out jobs to, to, to most people. And this is one of them. Look, they want – Will Harris to uh, develop as a, as a cornerback. He's played 
safety going all the way back to high school. And so this is a look, he's a good solid football player, but this is this is a real leap for him to to be a full time cornerback. They moved him to you know the outside corner uh, last year, midway through the season. But that's you know that, that's hard to make that conversion without any practice time. But I think Will is and he's in the battle. But I think it's realistically it's Okuda's job. Okay. It's, it's not, but they're not handing it to him either. Sure. But you know what I think they're stronger. I think they're stronger at safety now with with Deshaun, Deshaun Elliott, the guy that they signed. And now another year with, with Tracy Walker. I think, I think they're going to be better there. Better so you there. think Sean Elliott for sure is going to be the starter on the other side? Sean Elliott, yeah, I think so. You know, you just kind of you just kind of look at the way things are are developing out there. There was a break in uh, there was a break in practice uh, this morning, and for the defense, and they the, the safeties weren't doing anything, and, and instead of just sitting there doing nothing, the Sean Elliott and uh, and Tracy Walker were doing some footwork drills. You know, just to I think it had to do with with pass coverage. It was kind of impressive. Well, they could have just stood there and done nothing, and, and taken a rest. But but they were very painstakingly going through the steps and the footwork on a couple of particular coverages. So, you know, Elliot, from what, from what other people have told me, they really expect him to be maybe the surprise addition of the off season. And you know what? If he is, that's a good thing for the Detroit Lions. All right, what people have told you. All right, finally. I know everybody's waiting for it. They've been waiting for this whole podcast we've been doing. Jared Goff. And, look, this is going to be a weekly thing, so we just should just have this the Jared Goff moment of the K&M podcast because it's going to be a different deal every week and every game. It's up, down, Jared Goff. Just give me a synopsis real quick. I don't need to go into depth. Functional NFL quarterback, above average NFL quarterback, or what number are we drafting next year? Well, I don't. Th- I think that he's. I think he can be your starting quarterback, and I think well, obviously he will. When I say be, or, I mean a starting, a good starting quarterback, and I think he can be good. I really do. I don't think great. No, does he have Matthew Stafford's arm? Well, there's only one or two of those in the National Football League, and, and Matthew's got one of them. So, uh, but I, you know, he had a session yesterday when he had a five-play sequence, and he went five for five throwing the ball. That's with the defense knowing you're throwing, knowing what's coming. And he looked pretty sharp to me. I think one thing about it, Kenny, and you mentioned, and, and rightly so, the biggest jump in pro football is from year one to year two for rookies. And right behind them, that's from it's going to for a veteran quarterback from switching teams. That's that that's also it, it's it, it's from your first year in a new offense to your second year is really a big it's a big jump and. I, you know, look the way he got handled last year, got treated by the Rams when he was traded. You know, it was sort of like he got booted out of his own town, and he had a lot to overcome, a lot of scar tissue to get to a race. And he looks, he looks, and he acts more and more like a starting quarterback in a National Football League with command and and all the things it takes to lead a team. So I think he's in pretty good shape. But we'll see. One thing about him, they've added wide receivers. They added to that room. And then you've got some guys back who are hurt who are healthy now. I think uh, I think you're going to see a better offense. I think that that's really going to. I think the offense is going to lead this team, but the defense has to catch up. All right, we're not even going to talk about the uh, second and third stringers because you know how I feel about them, and they should both be banished. But that's my thing. But I do want to say this about golf, and I'm I'm repeat I'm repeating this. I'm going to say it twice so I can repeat it so people don't misunderstand. Golf is not as good as Stafford. <laughs> 
Golf is not as good as Stafford. But I'm going to tell you this. After watching him for a year and a half now, or a year in this camp, he's a more accurate passer than Matthew Stafford, and his ball is kept more catchable, if you know what I'm saying, than Matthew Stafford. So I'm going to tell you why. Because it's, it's, it's such a soft ball when it comes in that wide receivers have an easier time getting it. And I'm not saying he gets it there, and, he, and Matthew Stafford is a better thrower of the football, but golf's soft, his ball is softer to catch. And he's more he's a more accurate passer because he's mostly shorter in his routes. You uh, well, yeah, that's part of it. But he's he's a, what a sixty seven point two percent passer last year. That's good. Yeah, that, that's right up there. Now I don't uh, have to go back and look at notes and all that to where that ranks in the league. But it doesn't matter where it ranks. Right. You know, and look, look who he was playing with for ten, eleven weeks last year before they finally started to get get some traction on on. on the whole team, and particularly the offense and, and, and the passing game. So we'll see. Right after that, I, I, nothing I, I else he does better. Yeah, I agree with you. But those yeah, two I things, I think he does do better. You're not going to see a lot of the deep game like the Lions used to have with Stafford. But that intermediate and short stuff, he he he. That's his offense. That's what he's good for. If you put him in like in Joe Montana, San Francisco offense, that's what he's good at. He's good at that. He's, he doesn't move like Joe, but I'm just saying throwing, you know, the, the quick out, short stuff, get it out. So we'll see what happens. And Kenny, and Kenny just and one other thing, too. DeAndre Swift, ready to explode. Yeah, until the ready. injury. Right, until the third quarter when that hamstring tightened up on him, he's out of the game. The you only know? problem with him has always been, can he stay on the field? I have never had a problem with the talent. We always know he's ready to go explode, but he can't stay on the field until he proves he can stay on the field. Everything else is it's like you know having a a, a a a sled for Christmas and you're living in California. You can't use it. Can we go now? <laughs> <laughs> stay healthy, stay healthy. But we said it about Carry On too, and that one didn't work out. So you know these they get these backs, man, that have histories of getting hurt. You got to keep them yep. on the field. There's no comparison in ability between DeAndre. Swift no, I'm just saying Carry On would have been a good back if he could have stayed on the field. Because Swift can be a with. real good back if he can stay on the field. Right, right. So, well, All right, Mike. So we'll catch up again next week and we'll talk some more, uh, have some more. It'll be, I guess it'll be game week next week, so we have something to talk about. They're going to Indy first, right? Uh, no, that's the second one. Second game? The second, yeah. Okay, well, they're they playing. Go there early. I think they go on Wednesday. They go on Tuesday practice, Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, you know, Get ready, and then Saturday you play. I think aren't they playing Miami season. too in the uh, preseason? They're they playing two teams. Though. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think uh, they're doing that so Ross can visit his old neighborhood. <laughs> no, no. A graduate of Mumford High School, which is I live in that district now, but I'm still loyal to Pershing High School. He's probably trying to recruit recoup some of that 1.5 million he just had to pay. He probably charged for something, but uh, anyway. Yeah, that, yeah. Not to beat this, but some of the stuff that people do, it's just ridiculous. It really is. Well, you know what, though, Mike? If all I'm going to get is a fine and, you know, maybe lose a draft pick, and but the end result is I could have had Sean Payton and um and Tom Brady, I would have tried it. I, I don't blame it. Hey, look, give me an order trying to win. I mean, if I if he'd have been, like, cutting salaries or something and got fined for it or, or like, if they're blowing games on purpose or something, that's a different story. He was trying to win. Okay, he got caught. Mm-hmm. Pay your fine and move on. Try to win, and that's what he was trying to do. He got he was sick of losing. Wow. I mean, I know. Look, I know I'm not getting the the, the uh, you know humanitarian award of the year for for correctness or whatever, but 
I don't. I never fought a guy for trying to win. You get caught, you just pay your you pay your fight, you pay your sentence. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. All right, Mike. We'll talk next week. That's Michael Hare. <laughs> Read his stuff on DetroitLions.com. Hey, uh, no videos this year from you, young man. Uh, not that I know of. No. I All right. Well, so. they used to do videos, so you know. But look at the archives. Yeah. Anyway, there's some you stuff up there. Video Rick stuff up there. What? Danny Rogers and Tim Twentyman do. Oh, ah, look at Mike. Look at Mike. Look I at Mike. Got his. Got his Emmy. <laughs> now nah, he just wants to, to go past the torch. I well, passed the torch. All right. Well, Mike, uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks for oh. listening to Detroit Lions, Mike O'Hara, and Ken Brown from WGI Radio, who will have Frank Ragnar on every Monday starting the season. So be ready for that. And we're out on the Canaan Podcast.